2: over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. What animal are we talking about today?
1: Octopus. Uh,
2: what can they teach us?
1: They exhibit a lot of different, more higher cognitive levels of learning. Like I said, tool use, problem solving, spatial discrimination.
2: Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Hi, Zach. Yeah. Hi.
1: Um,
2: Zachy, what animal are we talking about today?
0: um, Octopus.
2: Octopus? How many arms does an octopus have? How many?
0: Three.
2: Three? That's how many hearts it has, huh? Three? Yes, you're right. How many arms does he have? How many arms? Eight. Yay! Good job! Good job, Zachy! And you're only, what, two? You're only two years old, huh? And you know octopuses have eight arms? Mm Mhm. What color are octopuses? Red. Red? Yes, the big one, huh? They're neat. Where do they live? Water. In the water? Oh my gosh, you're so smart, Zach! Artie, too, you're an octopus expert. Should we just do the podcast with you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would have so much fun, Zachy. Well, thank you for coming on. For you. You're welcome. Xander, I think your little brother knows a lot about octopus.
0: No, he doesn't.
2: He does, too. He knew they had three hearts and eight arms. Right?
0: Uh, yes.
2: What else do you know about octopus? Yeah, where do they live?
0: Um, in the water? In the okay. in, in the wa- in the water and they eat fish.
2: They do. And, and what do they have special? Eight of that we have two of?:
0: Um, eight arms.
2: That's right. What else do they have?
0: Suckers on their arms.
2: I know, isn't that crazy? Do you know what those suckers do?:
0: They help grab its food. You're
2: right. You're right. Now what octopus are we covering today? Do you know?
0: Um blue octopus.
2: Yeah, the blue ring octopus. So what do you know special about the blue ring octopus?
0: When it gets scared he puts blue rings on its body.
2: I know. What does that mean?
0: That mean that that means it's warning you for danger. That's that, right.
2: What's dangerous about him?
0: It he's he's venomous. He's, He's gonna bite you. I
2: know. Yeah. What's ven- okay? So let's ask you this. Here's a big, big question for you. You ready, Xander? What? Okay. What's the difference between a venomous animal and a poisonous animal?
0: Um, poisonous. If you touch them, if you touch them, you'll get you'll get sick. And venomous. If they bite you, you get sick.
2: Okay. We're done. Tell your mom we're done. That is too amazing. You know too much. (laughs) How old are you again, Xander? Like five? five? (laughs) You're five and you know that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you could just replace your mommy. Let's just take a seat. You can just do the whole episode with me on the Blue Ring Octopus because you know more than I do. No, I don't. Sound like a plan? (laughs) But you knew the difference between a venomous and poisonous animal. I'm blown away. I'm Seriously, I know your parents are smart, but jeez. Well, thank you for you and your little brother for coming on and teaching us about the octopus. They are amazing, huh?
0: Bye-bye.
2: Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris.
1: And I'm proud Mama Angie.
2: Yeah, I know. Those two are too adorable like uh the knowledge they have like obviously you're teaching them well <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's uh a little bit of wild as well and uh yes yeah. yeah, and lots of books they love their animal facts yeah, books uh, national geographic and highlights and a couple other oh, uh i think it's ranger rick is another great okay little kid magazine okay. that has a lot of fun animal facts so i know when i was younger I li- I waited each month for that new magazine to come in to teach me all about the little animals. And they had the flashcards mm-hmm. you could cut into pieces, and mm-hmm. it had little animal facts on it. So yeah, no, they they love. And
2: they've been they retain it. I mean, little Zach, two year old Zach, <laughs> yeah, like seriously, he knows everything about octopuses. Well, then you put Xander, He'll our be expert, three in yeah. a few
1: months, so he's you know. Yeah, know. But yes, no, he he is really really excited about animals as well, and we. We go for a lot of nature walks and we always are looking yeah, for wildlife and it's, good. it's a big topic. Yes, for sure. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're, they're amazing. They're amazing. You, you, you two are doing an amazing job with them. So some exciting stuff's happening for us, Angie. Patreon, we released our Great White episode.
1: Great White Sharks. It's awesome. Perfect for summertime. All about fish biology and behavior and they do some right. cool things. So check that out yes, if you haven't. Yes. You will, if you're not already a shark fan you will definitely fall in love with them because they're definitely misunderstood and just really cool physiology and amazing hunting behavior.
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. And shout out to to Bill and his son, Quinn, who loves our podcast. They're our latest Patreon supporters and Julie is a supporter and a bunch of other people. So thank you so much. We have the cheetah episode out on there, news segment. We're going to be doing uh, another news segment here pretty quick, which I have to organize with you, Angie. So for $5 a month, your support means the world to us. So thank you for that. And then, Angie, I've got to do some shout-outs because on Instagram and Facebook, on our accounts, I'm starting to do guest our next species. So this is going back to orca. It was too easy. It was too easy. Everybody got it. Yeah. Your clues are pretty,
1: (laughs) pretty easy, but that's good. You got to, you got to start them off gentle, right? The first, the first one's free. That's what they always say, right?
2: Yeah. 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 So on Facebook, you know, I got shout outs to Summer, Lee, Brianne, Jonathan, Chelsea, and Julie. Now Instagram is fun because it's their Instagram handles. So, you know, always at, so sunny coral atoll was pretty close. It was pretty close. But others got it right. Uh, little boots 9. I love that name. Sunny Shayak, uh Lovey 96, Zoo Cutie, and then you're going to like this one Angie, When Animals Attack podcast. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. I've got to I got to message yeah. them and say, "What are you going to do the episode on cows?" Because you know cows kill a lot of people in the United States. Not a lot, but still more Our than mosquitoes uh, better still, know.
1: right? Yeah.
2: I know, I know. So Blue Ring Octopus, here we go. Ah, uh, Here we go. It's our
1: second cephalopod, right?
2: Mm-hmm. After Vampire Squid, mm-hmm. which was so long ago. So long you know, ago. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold, on. hold on. What episode number?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, let me guess. So this is fun. 35.
2: No, 14.
1: Oh, wow. That is yeah. a way, way long yeah. time ago.
2: Way, way long ago. But this is our, our first ones.
1: true octopus which i have been dying to do because looking back at some of my squid notes for the vampire squid is there's not a lot known about its behavior or and looking back at some of my vampire squid notes there's a lot of octopus references in there and i was giggling to myself reading over the notes like wow i really wanted to talk about octopus that day but we were t- we're focused on yeah, I know, the
2: quiz. I know. So I know.
1: yes, just, just, they're incredible and, uh, their physiology is amazing. Their oh. behavior is amazing. Uh, we're going to, uh, we'll recount uh, some facts about their intelligence is going to be a big I mean, section.
2: We, I know. Last week we, we signed off like this would be tough to beat. Orca would be tough to beat. The next week we beat it almost, almost. I, orcas are still, oh my goodness, they're number two on my list, but. Reading about the octopus, I I'm blown away. I I am I I am blown away.
1: Oh yes, and just literally just the videos that people have put up and yeah, it's some of the shenanigans, uh for lack of better terms. (laughs) Uh the personalities that they have. Yes. (laughs) So you'll if you're not an octopus fan, by the end you'll be definitely part of uh um Well,
2: here you go, Octonation. So just a a heads up, this this Thursday we have an interview with the number one octopus fan in the world, by far. Warren Carlyle, uh, quickly becoming a good friend of mine, uh, an amazing, amazing person who founded the number one octopus fan club, was recognized by Facebook as one of the most influential social media learning and
1: education
2: groups, education groups. He has created this group. He has hundreds of thousands of followers around the world. Um, You know, we'll talk about him more at the end of the podcast, but he has a really interesting story about how he founded this group and what they're learning. And it's, it's amazing. Now I know why, now I know why. I mean, and, and plus the stuff he's doing for ocean conservation. I mean, just amazing, amazing work. So look for that on Thursday, but you're right. I mean, be, be, we're part of the, I'm part of the OctoNation. I sent you an invite the other day. Yes. You were becoming part of the OctoNation. Hands down. Just All amazing. eight hands
1: down for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> our
1: arms. Yeah. And you're definitely going to want to stay tuned towards the end of the podcast. I'm going to discuss a plastic challenge that Chris and I and several of our other friends and fans are going to undertake in the month of July. It's a really cool opportunity to learn more about how to help the environment, not just from plastic reduction, but from driving less, biking more, different eating habits. It's just a really cool mm-hmm. challenge and I'm super competitive. I don't know <laughs> about other people out there, but it's yeah, really fun to I track know, know. this stuff and to learn. And the, and all Creatures Podcast, I just signed this up for a team. So... More details to come about that at the end of the podcast because we're about two weeks away from it. And so I want to gear mentally gear everybody up for this big challenge that's going to help change some of your habits and it'll help get all of our conservation heroes that already do so much for animals and conservation, but even more involved and give you tips on different things you can do. And then you get to track it and you get scores and it's super fun. So definitely stay tuned for that.
2: For sure. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about the blue ring octopus. It is. Eventually. We'll get there. One of the oceans most. <laughs> we'll get there. But it is. It's one of the most deadly. And we're trying to get you excited about octopus or octopuses is the plural, not octopi. That's, a, it's, a, it gets people a little angry. And, oh, God, for him get into it. It's octopus is actually Greek. Octopi is Latin. And then we make it into an English word. So there's a lot of debate, okay. but octopuses is, is the most accepted plural. And Octonation will go after us if we're wrong, so we have to be careful. But before we jump in, real quick, Blue Ring Octopus, it, it, it's, you know, stay tuned because it is called one of the most deadly animals in the ocean, so we'll just see how deadly they are. You know, it's kind of a theme in our show. But I have to give a shout-out to, to Chris who sent us the most beautiful email, Angie. I know I forwarded it to you. It, may, it just makes my heart sing, you know, what we're doing. And just really quickly, you know, he wrote uh, his girlfriend's daughter, Lily. So shout out to Lily. He said, we began using your podcast as a tool to teach ourselves more about the creatures around which we would soon be working because he's, he's volunteering at a local zoo. And in a few months that we've been listening, we've learned so much about the fantastic lives of the animals that share this we share this planet with. And that Lily is totally brilliant. And the podcast has made things a bit more accessible to her and she he when she listens to our podcast and she gets all those facts he sees her confidence growing so it just was an amazing email so shout out to chris and especially lily please keep listening we love you guys and that that's what drives us to do this about blue ring
1: octopus well absolutely and i know we talked talked about patreon a little bit earlier and if you can't donate 5 dollars a month i get it i've been there but what you can do is share our podcast and the other thing that I really want to encourage is if you can just rate us and give us however many stars you think we're worth on iTunes, that would be huge because we I think we have about 80 comments, 85 comments and if we could jump mm-hmm. that up to a hundred in the next couple of weeks, that would be fabulous. Uh, that know. will help us. Know, we
2: keep teasing yeah.
1: Big time with some of our long-term goals. so and and the feedback on there is incredible. I've had people recommend species on there and I've had people uh, give Xander a shout out. So we, we yeah. do read, we do read those, um, uh, those recommendations and the things you like about our podcast. Of course, if there's things you don't just send that in a private email. <laughs> yes, please. Thank you. That's what I tell my students when they're rating me. I'm like, you can rate me, but if you have any critiques, I like critiques, but just this tell them to movie. me in person. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to yeah, get a job here. Remo. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so blue ring octopus Angie the thing I'll start off there's 10 different species.
1: Okay, are there 10 okay. because I read four somewhere and then I read five well,
2: somewhere. Yeah. So Okay. So well it's it's four known, six suspected.
1: So how but you yeah. just said so. 10.
2: 10 total if, oh, if you count I the six see. that they So you're doing math. Is that what well, you
1: just did there? Six plus? Yeah,
2: kind of. Yeah. Six plus okay. four is 10, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're a teacher? No. So, it, uh, it, yeah. So they there's four known. There's four okay. known, uh, six suspected. Describe them. I mean, again, they, they're your normal average octopus. It's, these have so gorgeous. You have to look at the pictures. Not if you're driving, look later. But yellowish skin, and then they have those black-blue rings that, when threatened, get really bright. Like, don't mess with me Mm -hmm. because you will die if you get bit by me. It's so venomous. Now, the larger of the species, their bodies are only about two inches long or five centimeters. And their eight arms can go up to about four inches. Right. So I've I've seen them described as like a golf ball. I was going to say, if you're a a visual
1: person, just picture them fitting in the palm of your hand. The deck of a deck of cards, palm of your hand.
2: This yellow octopus with bright blue rings with black dots.
1: Don't put it or in your hand.
2: No, 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 no. Don't mess with them. Don't, especially our Aussies down there. You're listening. I know Lee and all you other ones down there do not pick up a blue ring octopus. You probably already know that, but speaking of that range. So they're native to the Pacific Ocean, but they're kind of in that Indo Pacific region. At depths 50 meters or, or higher, they're not really that deep. They range from just south of Japan along China, Southeast Asia through Indonesia. Then they go out to India and then all the way to the East coast of Africa in Madagascar. Oh, wow. I didn't. So okay. I didn't realize they that they're now.
1: that far west. Okay. Yeah.
2: And then whenever I get to the Maldives, one of these days, um, and I get to go dive with sea turtles and everything whale like sharks. That. I am not whale sharks. They're out there, I'm sure, and I'm not going to go anywhere near them. (laughs) No. (laughs) I might might die of a heart attack. Don't say that. Knock on wood. But, you know, these octopus in general, a lot of the facts today apply to all octopus, and then we'll get in specifics on the blue ring, especially their venom and and stuff like that. It's reading about cephalopods, and they're doing okay right now, but we don't have a lot of data on them, but we know the oceans are in crisis. We know that for a fact. The oceans are in crisis and, you know, this ocean acidification, the warming of the oceans, it's going to have a huge impact on them. You you cannot be naive and think that, you know, what doesn't affect one species won't affect the next because we talk about complex food webs. We're taking out whole chunks of that right now. It's going to affect all the octopuses in the ocean. You know, there's 300 species of octopus on the planet and that's going to have a detrimental effect.
1: And Chris, just – I think it was today or yesterday, and we'll talk more about this perhaps in conservation news, but it's so apropos I have to mention in this podcast that marine biologists came out with a study in modeling and forecasting. And at the rate we're going in the oceans as a whole, from invertebrate to vertebrate to marine mammal to fish, Mm -hmm. they are estimating that by the end of the century – one sixth of life in the ocean is gone. Okay, Ugh. so I think that's like seventeen point five percent or something. Uh, yeah. And so-
2: and you're talking how many millions of species? I mean, we we open up with seven. There's over seven million species of life on Earth. You know, some of the, a lot of that's plants and insects, insects yeah, and things like huge. that. But you think you think about the oceans? The oceans dominate the planet right. as far as land mass. Mm-hmm. So you think of all the life in the ocean, that is catastrophic. That is catastrophic. But they
1: had a silver line. Like, I am listening. Yeah. Oh, no,
2: I'm saying our government, like, are you idiots listening? I'm sorry. I'm not getting political, but we
1: need, I was thinking the other day, I'm like, we need a transformer here in the United States, just, and then I'll get off my, off my um, soapbox, but we needed a cultural movement party in the U S and I know a lot over, especially in Europe and certain parts of Europe as well. There's always like left versus right, the two party system. And it's like this belief or that belief, but we need mm-hmm. none of that, that we need like of the mm-hmm. f- future party and not just like forward thinking, mm-hmm. like, do we want to have a future or don't we? So yes. uh but there was a silver lining with this paper that said if we actually start doing now. things now to now. curb CO2 emissions, mm-hmm. that we can get that number down to only five instead of like seventeen point whatever percent to only five percent mm-hmm. by the end of the century. Which is so it's still, already happening. Talking, yeah, what, the, the ball the, the ball's yeah. in motion. Like it's yeah. the damage is yeah. to is you know there's definitely going to be some that suffer. I mean, we're already seeing it. it in corals. And several other species of fish. So uh, so yes, the oceans are in crisis and uh, the octopus, although especially the blue-ringed octopus, we don't know a lot about their population numbers. They've never been evaluated by the IUCN, which is one of our governing authorities for conservation nature, which Chris and I, of course, excellent scientists out there doing excellent work. We always refer to them and they haven't been evaluated.
2: No, and it's just, you know, they're suffering. I mean, you just, you've taken away the corals where then they, a lot of and, and octopus hunt. species mm-hmm. live and hide and those are gone. All that life's gone on the coral. It's a totally dead ecosystem there now and it's going right. to affect them. I mean, they just don't, like we said, and I've said this a million times, IUCN has limited budget. So we talked about orcas last week and we don't know their, their population. And that's one of the most iconic mammals in the oceans. So of course we don't have a census on some of these other species. Right. It's just they can't do it all. They can't. They're doing. They're working as hard as they can. And then the the other thing, Angie, you know, why care with octopus? And and I'm not kidding you. There was actually because we need a more
1: <laughs> octopus YouTube videos. That's why. Yes, we do. <laughs>
2: And Octonation will give us like a, a totally long detailed. Oh, list, I watched but- a
1: whole bunch on their website already. Yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah. I watched one about the uh, yeah. the uh the blue ring octopus eating and mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's that's an, it's a gnarly website. Go to it. Do yeah. do yourself yeah, a favor awesome. for sure.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: But I don't know if it's a website, so- it's it's like a it's a Facebook group. Fan club, Fan yes, club, Facebook
2: yeah. group and Instagram. But um we'll talk about it at the end. But and and we did talk about this in Vampire Squid, but again, it was one of our earlier episodes, so we were still a little rough. Oh, on I the would edges. not
1: even. You could you could not pay me. There's a few <laughs> things you couldn't pay me to do. Um, but in a lot of okay, there's a lot that you couldn't pay me to do. And but what <laughs> there's a, listening to that. <laughs> you definitely couldn't pay me to listen to our earlier podcasts. Like, no, I, I would quit. Yeah. Like, I I would quit. And I know we have a. Besides our moms, we have a few more fans and I don't want to quit. So I'm just – I can't listen to them. The other oh, thing I would no, never no. – and I don't know if I've ever told you this. The other thing I would – you cannot pay me enough money to like sit through. Go back to grad school? <laughs> no, Chris. My... Sit through one of my lectures? <laughs> Close. So. My master's defense, my exit interview. Oh, Really? Yes, you and Warren turned on me and I, I I dug a hole and I couldn't get out and I freaked out inside. I went in the bathroom and cried. Did you? Yeah, I would never cry in front of you, please. But I, after it was like when I, you get sent out of the room for them to decide, uh, well, no, it wasn't you guys. It was I kept answering questions wrong. And then I, I didn't, I didn't know at that time that it was a good thing to say, I don't know. Yeah. The more know, you study science but- and practice science, the more you learn. You, sh- you get comfortable saying, I don't know, or let me get yeah. an expert for that, or yeah. how do I figure yeah. it out? And I, I was nervous, and I, I'm a choker. Even this day when I get a guitar on stage or whatever, I choke. John <laughs> always teases me. He's like, you always choke. Like bowling. <laughs> I had a strike. The next time I bowl, gutter ball. In the gutter. <laughs> always. I'm such a choker. And so anyways- but yeah, so I choked, and uh, and so yeah, I, I'm like, oh man, and it was like a two hour event, right? An exit ex- interview, you, or whatever, or whatever. No, it is.
2: let me go back. Okay, for us, it was a training exercise because you did such. Angie is one of the best grad students ever to grace that program. Her well, master's you. work it was, was a really a PhD yeah, project. It, was, it, was it was absolutely was. I was just trying to help you learn because I knew you were starting a PhD. You were you, you walked in that room already graduated.
1: Yeah. Okay. No, I so, know. It's it's a process, but no, I just remember that yeah. uh yeah, there's just certain oh, things I sorry. I couldn't No, no. Oh gosh, no. It turned me to, into who I am today because I learned how to be able to back up my claims or just be very comfortable saying, "I don't know." I or, don't know. And we
2: do that on the podcast. You do it all the time. Oh. You don't know. A lot of
1: <laughs> stuff. All yeah. the time, exactly. Like
2: here you go. Here you go. Oh, yes. So going back me. to our uh-huh. the, the, the point of the Vampire Squid was Reading this again, and there was an actual paper published, and I did, I refused to read it because I didn't have enough time and enough stuff to research for this podcast that said, that literally believes octopus were delivered by a comment or something else, that they are extraterrestrial. Hmm. Because, <laughs> which is a little out there. I don't think, I don't agree with that hypothesis.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the reason I totally didn't shut, shut it down, and obviously I haven't read the paper, yeah. and it's probably far fetched, a saying I, after taking invertebrate biology and learning, and this was so many years ago. I, and and once again, foreclosure in this podcast for all of our Octonation fans out there. I am not an invertebrate biologist, and so I'm. It's it's a little tougher yeah. for Chris and I. Obviously, since we normally work with ver- vertebrate species, mammals in particular. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, but I, a thing that always stuck with me, and I don't know if I read it or said it or dreamt it. But if octopuses had a backbone, yeah. they would rule the world. I think Period. you said that last
2: week in orcas, yeah. <laughs> Between them and orcas, it's well, the orcas race. have
1: the backbone; they just got to get out of the yeah. water, so they're stuck yeah, in the I water.
2: Know, I know. But
1: yeah. I mean, octopuses—they could, they can, they go out of the water. And I'll talk a lot about that when I get to behavior and intelligence and some of the wacky stunts and shenanigans yeah. they do. So, no, but I mean, seriously, Chris, they are. Radical. They are different. They're radical. They they're radically, radically this- intelligent and they we have, you know, they because they don't have a backbone, they're so separate from us on the evolutionary tree. Mhm. It's like how did that happen? How did they yeah. get so smart?
2: Well, I'm about to get there. I just wanted to say that the the scientific fact besides that they were dropped off here on earth like I told you the orcas were that They are one of the most unique biological organisms on earth in the fact, and and we don't have time in this podcast. Yeah. We're not going to do them justice. Yeah. No, no. And we'll cover another octopus here soon or cephalopod is that they edit their RNA instead of their DNA. So most organisms on earth, including insects, they edit their DNA, their DNA gets edited and then they express it through RNA. Octopuses do it different. They edit their RNA, which baffles scientists. And that's why this guy's like, oh, they were dropped off here by a comet or meteor. Or <laughs> so anyways, it's what we could learn from that in science. That's why I care. There's not just they're beautiful. They belong there. They do a great job in the oceans. They're part of the food web. That fact, you know, and then going back to all the other species we've covered. Anyways.
1: Well, and the really significant fact, I think about DNA and RNA, if you're not like a genomics expert, is that the ability to edit RNA could have such important clinical impacts for disease. Because with DNA, you edit it, there's a your DNA makes tons of mistakes day all day long, up and down the river when cells are dividing. But your body's so smart you have all these DNA enzymes that come in and clean it up. And they notice mistakes and they fix them. And they're really clever. Once in a great moon, they miss one. And that can be, become repeated. That mistake, that one nucleotide mistake can be repeated time and time after again as your cells are multiplied and thus cancer, for instance, right? So if you can edit your RNA, that means you can fix any of those translated messages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Right? Is that, so, am yeah, I? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah,
2: no, that's, that's what it is. It's a message. So yeah, they, 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 they change the message. They
1: change the message in real they time. They have the
2: ability to change the message. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, and it's, that's a long, maybe boring for some.
1: I'm <laughs> like, what? Like, that's what we're going to talk. I need, give me that paper right now. <laughs>
2: no, we got octopus. We have, we're not even, just kidding. They do some really abuse. funny
1: yeah. behavior called love play. So I, I want to get there. Oh, uh,
2: I can't wait. Okay. So let me get through evolution because I didn't spend a ton of time on it knowing that we really wanted to focus on physiology behavior. They're those, old. Uh, animals. They are very old. I mean, out of the 300 species, you have ones that have tentacles up to two meters long or little tiny ones. Like and this one's a smaller one, up to 30 grams. They belong to cephalopods, so they also have squid and cuttlefish are in there. Okay.
1: Yeah, we have to do a cuttlefish. The, those guys are rad.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. So the story begins over 500 million years ago. When the first evidence of cephalopods began. And the oldest one is Tanuela. And that is the early Cambrian, which is about 522 million years ago. So that's when cephalopods first emerged that long ago. That survived all the mass extinction. That's we dinosaur time. Yeah. Oh, way before, way before. Way dinosaurs. before. Okay. Way, 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 way Don't before. Don't
1: tell Zander today. Okay.
2: Yeah. I won't. Yeah. You're talking 300 million years before dinosaurs ever emerged. Dang. I mean, a long time ago. Okay.
1: Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. See there. So in
2: this one looked like a Nautilus. Okay. That's probably the one we should cover. The Nautilus shelled orgal- organisms. Now listen to this. This is again. the octopus did rule the earth Angie for 360 million years. They nice. ruled the oceans. It wasn't until the Cretaceous period about 66 million years ago. That's that dinosaur fish,
0: time.
2: Yes. Fish and marine mammals started to take over. Marine animals, sorry, started to take over. And then the end of the dinosaurs, So you did have marine mammals emerging. Now again, you know any oceanic species. We say this; it's tough to study them fossil wise, even more so for octopus or cephalopods because they're soft bodied. You know they they don't lend themselves to fossilization. So what we do know is octopus specifically started about 100 million years ago. Okay, so cephalopods 500 million, octopus over a million years ago they started emerging. And then, really, two point six million years ago is really when they diverged out to this path to the three hundred species we see today. Okay, so that's the the quick and dirty on cephalopod evolution. Now, the blue ring octopus specifically, the class is the cephalopod, the order is octopoda. Then you get down to the family families octopodidae, and then the genus. Are these names, Angie. I know. <laughs> okay, here we go.
1: Forget about it.
2: Haploclena. I hope that's right. clena. I'm going to go with it. It sounds that's great That's their genus name.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. So of the the four confirmed, six suspected, the two I kind of wanted to talk about was the greater blue ringed. So that is Hapilocleina lunulata. Lunulata. Yeah. And I like that. Lunulata. Yeah. And they're Northern Australia to Japan as far west as Sri Lanka. Then the Southern blue ringed octopus. This is for our friends down in Australia. It's South Australia, temperate waters. This is Macal macalusa. Macalusa. Losa. Macalusa. Sure. Now, the largest octopus. Do you know this one? I don't know. Your son did. I think he knew it. I asked him what color it was. Oh. And he said red.
1: I wonder what he was answering so, red. I know. I don't know it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sure. Sure. So the giant Pacific octopus is the largest octopus. Not largest cephalopod. Okay. We'll, we'll save that for another day. But the giant... Uh, Pacific octopus, the largest octopus, weighs 160 pounds or 70 kilograms. Others claim they get up to 600 pounds or 270 kilograms.
1: What? That's yeah.
2: huge. An, an arm span of 14 or 30 feet or 9 meters.
1: Wow. Yeah. So
2: they still need. There's still some debate on it. Octonation okay. will probably correct us, but they're huge, huge. Huge octopus. So quite strong, quite strong. Now, the blue ring, when you look at how long they live, they only live about two years. That's about right for octopus. I mean, they're a little less. The average is three to five years for most octopus. They they don't live long. No,
1: they they go fast and hard.
2: Right. Okay, here we go. This is the fun part. Yay. Physiology. (laughs) After all that lead up. So they just...
1: Where do we start?
2: (laughs) Okay, so here we go. They're they're soft-bodied, right? There's only two solid parts of the body in an octopus, and it's it's like similar to bone or cartilage. And that's its mouth, so it's beak. Mm -hmm. So it has a beak like a parrot. And so that's where it can crack shells and grind some food. And then there's a small plate in the back of their head, which I, I wasn't aware of, that protects the brain. So that is what you know, you're going to talk some of their behaviors, but when they squeeze through things, those are the only two things that are preventing it from squeezing through. Gotcha. Are those two little cartilage bony like protrusions. Mm-hmm. So other than that, they can squeeze through almost anything, right? Like you have evidence. Of
1: oh, that. yeah. Some, real, some funny escape artists. Escape artists. Yeah, artist.
2: <laughs> this is going to blow you away. Oh, wait. Uh, well, oh, the, oh,
1: the RNA, know, like I was kind of like drop the mic. I'm ready to be done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like I was going to be done after Xander told me all this stuff. I was going to save it for a little bit, but I want to tell you this first. The octopus has nine brains. Nine brains. Think about that. How in the heck? That's how smart they are, right? Nine brains.
1: Lord knows I could use one more. I don't need nine. I don't need eight more, but I one more. would. I'm like, what?
2: How? Nine brains. So what do you think? What do you think of all those brains are, if you had to guess?
1: Ah, well... They definitely yeah, have one in their head. You probably did your
2: homework. Yes, that's that's the one—the central brain mm-hmm. that controls your the nervous, nervous system. system, right?
1: Very important. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm good with numbers, I know that they have. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Google
2: it real quick. I studied.
1: Uh, I know. I know. I know that they have a lot of neural tissue in their arms.
2: Yeah, and they call it a brain. I'm like, what? So I started looking up brain physiology and all that stuff and, and the definition of brain. But what's the punchline with that? Why would each tentacle have its own separate brain is what they're calling a brain?
1: Well, we all know that two brains are better than one. And so eight brains are definitely going to be better than one. And that way each arm can do its own thing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? Mm-hmm. What? They, they operate independently of each other. Like what? That I was like sitting there for a while, staring at the screen. I'm like, "Am I reading this right?" Like each arm can think for itself yes. with its central, ner- with the 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 not the central nervous system, but the the uh, nervous system, neurons, the, the brain. They have right. So each arm. neurons. Yeah, yeah. the
1: two thirds of the neurons that make up their body are in their arms. So yeah. the larger yeah. portion. And Chris, in addition to that, so they have all these neurons in their arms and there's lots of different types of neurons. The recent studies have shown that they, uh, they have nocioceptors, which that's just a really fancy science term for pain receptors in their arms. And so they can, ha- they have different sensations. So they're like a sense receptor for pain among other among touch, mm-hmm. among pressure, all these different things. And yeah. so they're a lot more dynamic than I think researchers originally had thought. And it's because of this complex neurology uh, neurology within, within their arms.
2: It's, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. And, and just to throw this out there too, 90% of the octopus body is muscle, right? So we'll get to why that's important here in a second. So each tentacle is pretty much just muscle. But it operates by itself. We just talked about that. There's no bones in it, so it can bend in any angle and can go in almost any direction. Each tentacle has on average around 230 cups. Okay. Each cup has sensitivity of a fingertip. So that's almost like 1800 fingers that the octopus has, right? 8 times 230 equals around 1800. This is, you know, you're talking about sensory neurons. They have about a 1,000 sensory receptors in each cup compared to, we have about 240 in each fingertip.
1: Right.
2: So they can sense better. And then they can manipulate each sucker or cup individually. Mm -hmm. So then, okay, you're talking, you know, on average 230 suckers or cups on the arm. Each one can hold about a third of a pound or 170 grams. So each arm roughly... Can hold 18 pounds or 8 kilograms. And then you know that's how they attach their prey and hold them with ease. So it's just crazy. Now, like I said, they're made mostly of muscle. So that means we know with muscle you need lots of oxygen and energy. So, like your children knew, they have three Mm -hmm. hearts
1: three hearts. I mean, <laughs> so, they're like nine brains, but they know hearts. how to problem solve. They're like, okay. It's developmental biology. Oh. is just incredible. Like evolutionary biology. Oh, I, it, man, it I'd is. love to go back and study more of that, but yeah. Yeah. So like you said, okay, we need more, uh, you know, we obviously need more oxygen to work these muscles and to remove waste and things like that. So boom. Okay. We got to pump, pump the blood all over the body.
2: Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. And so they do have a closed circulatory system. It's not open like some other invertebrates. So they have vessels that carry blood to the Mm -hmm. tissue. Now, of the three hearts, one is the systemic heart, and that carries blood throughout the body. The two they're called brachial hearts, and they're or brachial, yeah, brachial hearts, centered around the gills. Right. So you know, again, circulating oxygen. I one of our maybe it was vampire squid we talked about how gills work, you know, you're exchanging, uh, oxygen really through there. And it, and it obviously it's not as the tissue isn't as effective as say lungs, but they have all those little grooves and valleys and stuff to get water across so they can absorb the oxygen from there. So those two hearts are working on that. Now this is interesting when an octopus swims, the systemic heart, the one that pumps all the blood stops beating. So they tire quickly. They don't, they don't like to swim. They like to walk, you know, slowly Mm -hmm. move around. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know, you know, this, and I forgot to ask Xander this, but their blood is blue color blue. I know. It's like, okay, what else is, maybe they are, maybe this guy is right. Maybe I should go hang out with this crazy scientist who thinks he dropped off on Earth.
1: Well, they're just fun. It's like sci-fi, right? You know, it is, it is. This is so,
2: it's, it's normal because it works and they're doing quite well and they've done quite well for 500 million years. So you've been teaching physiology, but you've been teaching physiology about, you know, human anatomy, mammalian anatomy. Okay. Why in the heck is their blood blue?
1: Well, in order to survive where they live, they've evolved to use copper as the metal that carries oxygen instead of iron. Iron is what mammals use, vertebrates. We all use iron, mm-hmm. uh, which is on the outside of red blood cells, which helps bind the oxygen to the red blood cell. And so without diving too deep in the literature, I'm assuming that they just use copper attached to their red blood cells instead of iron.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, extreme temperatures is what I was reading, you know, and, and the copper uh, binds it. Now thinking about that, I thought about, okay, they're ink, you know, cause, you know, the prototypical octopus people are squid. They squirt mm-hmm. ink. So what octopus or octopuses have is they have ink sacs near the gills. When threatened, they do emit the ink and then a jet of water to shoot it out. And that's usually to disorient anybody messing with them or mm-hmm. a predator so they can get away. And what it is, is it's melanin. So it is actually red in color, but it's so dense that it's like dark brown or black. And melanin is
1: just the protein that's pigmented.
2: Now, let's go to blue ring octopus specifically. A lot of those facts apply to... Right.
1: Well, I was going to say, except for the ink one, but keep going.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Apply to all the other species. Now, the blue ring octopus is known to be extremely dangerous because they have a toxin. And it, it, the interesting fact about octopuses is that they're all venomous in some yes. way. And Xander, in the beginning, told you how venom is delivered. They're not poisonous. they're venomous, and it's through their bite. Mm-hmm. That's how they they do that. Now, the blue ring octopus has a neurotoxin called tetrodotoxin, and that's actually produced. Say I right.
1: would say uh, tetro. Tr- yeah, tetrodotoxin. Yeah. Okay. That's a t- or maybe toxin I don't know. <laughs> Let's have a sound off. Let me Tratotoxin. go back to the lab. toxin.
2: Nasty toxin mm-hmm. is what it is, and it's it's produced by bacteria in the salivary glands in the mouth. Right.
1: That's what
2: rocked my world. Yeah. It's it's the bacteria in their right. mouth that's producing this toxin. That's crazy. And I know there. You know, we'll get to conservation. I mean, people are looking at this. Again, scientifically, if we go back to why care for medical possible medical uses. Now, if for humans, for us, the bite's painless generally. You don't even know you've been bitten until you start, you can't breathe because it's a neurotoxin paralyzes your muscles. And what that does is then you can't breathe and you, and you die because you can't breathe. You can't get oxygen to all your organs and stuff. So it leads to respiratory arrest.
1: Well, yeah, this uh, tetradoxin is. Really crazy stuff. And so it's very important. And by neurotoxin, it obviously affects the nerves, but I had to dork out and dive deeper because I'm really into this kind of stuff. I love, I I love really (laughs) small like hormones and neurotransmitters. And I guess toxins you can't see. Mm -hmm. I should have paid more attention in chemistry. Um, but anyways, but what it does is tetradoxin is a sodium channel blocker. And basically, more or less, unless you're taking my anatomy and physiology class and you're not getting (laughs) tested on it, all you really need to know is that these sodium channels are all along neurons, along their axons, Mm -hmm. and they're basically closed until they get a signal or a neurotransmitter tells them to open, and then that starts the cascade of action potential or the neuron firing, like the electrical signal. And it's way more involved than that, but... What this tetradoxin is doing is saying, uh uh-uh, uh, sodium channels, you're not working. You can't fire. So it literally stops nerves from firing. And nerves are really important to move your muscles. I mean, they're ne- n- neurons and nerves are important for a whole host of things, but they, you know, they, they fire on skeletal muscles. So if you want to do a jumping jack, that's your brain telling your skeletal muscles to move. And so when that doesn't happen, you're paralyzed. And death by paralysis actually involves a diaphragm. Is usually what gets you is if the diaphragm can't move to help you start to help you breathe with your lungs and take an oxygen. That's how you die.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 very potent. And usually, people that have survived it's because people get them. CPR. Right.
1: Yes. So if yeah. you suspect yeah. that you've been bitten. Uh, you obviously want to get to a hospital ASAP. And yes, basically applying artificial respiration respiration can help keep a person alive until the uh, neurotoxin moves its way through the system. But did you come across any data on just how potent it is?
2: It's, um, what was it, a thousand times more powerful than cyanide, can kill up to 26 26- Humans in minutes.
1: Yeah, I got a couple different numbers when it was compared to cyanide. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with cyanide as a toxin. Um, so, th- and um, and some resources said ten thousand times deadlier than cyanide, or ten to a hundred times more lethal as a black widow, which is a um, a venomous spider here in the states. So, yeah, very very potent, and and obviously it works as one of their hunting strategies, their main hunting strategies yeah. for their food. Yeah,
2: yeah and, I, and I read, you know, if you can survive the first 24 hours, you, you'll survive it. You know, it doesn't come back and haunt you later. And at the end, I'll give you the statistics on, you know.
1: How deadly. How
2: deadly. the, Yeah, they are because there's no anti-venom. That's, it's, it's scary. Right. You know, there, there is no way to counteract this. Unlike, you know, uh, some snakes and stuff that we talked right. about. Now, some of the things that will eat octopus, uh, fish, birds, some whales, dolphins, uh, they, they tend to, natural predators. For specifically the blue ring octopus, two things that right now with human activity, some people just kill them because they're scared of them because they know they're deadly, which is really sad. And then the venom industry in Australia, which I won't go there, but they're harvesting them to collect the venom. For what reason? For what? I don't know. I have no idea. To try to make an anti-venom? I don't want to. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Drug industry maybe? I don't know. I don't know. It's illegal though. It's an illegal industry that's collecting them. What I understand. Well,
1: our Octonation yeah. fans are gonna have to help us out there, Chris. Do
2: a little mm-hmm. bit of homework Our is. Aussie Do fans.
1: Homeworks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We are we're just a two-man uh, band here, folks. We cannot cover it I all. Oh,
2: well, we get lost in physiology. We start doing that physiology. We go down so many rabbit holes. It's it's fun. Oh it's yeah.
1: Really fun. Totally. Now, blue
2: ring octopuses specifically feed on small crabs, hermit crabs, shrimp that it hunts during the day. And then Angie, this is what's really unique about them too. They have two types of venom. So one of the venoms is just for hunting crabs, and then the extremely toxic one is used in defense. Oh.
1: Okay, so that must be the tretodac tretrado, Yeah. Or whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah. The that's one what, we talked about. Yeah. It's...
2: Yeah, the, the deadly one.
1: So, so what the they do one, is then? they
2: secrete The other one is really not so horrible venom, but it probably will kill you venom.
1: Maybe do you think so it's the other one the just to are- it down?
2: <laughs> I don't
1: know. I didn't mean that. I'm just going. I'm talking about what they eat. You know me. I I just love toxins and neurotransmitters. (laughs) I'm sorry.
2: All right. Here, teaching moment, teaching moment, teaching moment. Angie, that's a very good question. Why don't you go research that? And then next week's episode, you can tell all our listeners what you. I thought. do
1: that to my class every day. And they never come back. They're like, whatever lady, I'm not doing extra work.
2: <laughs> Let me know what species we're doing next. Well, week. okay. Like,
1: what? How I about this though? You have your two venoms that you learned about. That you don't know any answers about. Mm-hmm. I learned that the blue ringed octopus is actually immune to its own venom. And not only are they immune to their own venom, the pathology studies have shown that this trototoxin is found in nearly every organ and gland in its body, even sensitive areas such as their brachial heart, their gills, their needem sac, I don't even know what that is, octonation, help me out. Uh, so it's just crazy. It has it in its system. And it has no effect on them. So they are able to – they have some kind of blocker, right? Like they, it, it, or it doesn't bind to their cells or
2: – Yeah, they're immune to they're it. They're immune yeah. to it, which is yeah.
1: crazy. And to even blow your mind one step further to jump ahead to reproduction with females and offspring, and we're going to get there and talk about some of their, their breeding reproduction behavior. But mama octopus will actually inject this neurotoxin into her eggs – to help them make it and make sure that they can generate their own venom before they can hatch because they're, they're That's on their crazy. own right after That's they hatch. Crazy. Now I, yeah. I need to know, I don't know. Don't ask me any questions about that, <laughs> about that physiology. No,
2: no. I, I cause I'm like, we're going to go down this rabbit hole. I did your but homework But if there's bacteria,
1: like is how is the bacteria involved? Yeah. Like we can
2: yeah, that's, that's the, and, well, maybe the back, yeah, I don't know. Okay. So the other venom type is maculotoxin.
1: Okay. Thank you, okay. Google.
2: There you go. I did your homework for you. Now I'm going to go back to O search. I've talking. <laughs> Remember last week's episode? Oh, no, that was the great white shark episode that people have to pay oh, Patreon yeah. to look yeah, yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go look at O search after the podcast. O C E R C H track shark track no it's O C
1: E A R C H. something
2: yeah, like that i can't yeah. spell so all right so the 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 less toxic venom they use for hunting crab the other type they use for defense yes. and they secrete it in their saliva and
1: made by bacteria we don't we don't know folks
2: yeah they, they still are learning a lot they think maybe that they secrete it in the water and then they bite to get to get it
1: yeah, Chris. I read that they have a few different hunting strategies. One mm-hmm. of them is where they'll entice a prey into its vicinity, and then basically let the venom go into the water around the creature, and the, the and then bite it to yeah. like yeah to soften yeah. or to start paralyze it, and then they'll get it. Another one is, of course, the, direct, the typical way where they direct directly inject the venom and then the third way they do this they think that they do this thing where they capture the prey and then they form an airtight pouch around it Hmm. and then they'll basically insert the venom into the pouch the victim will have to take the venom in through its respiratory system wow
2: Wow, so wow, it's, it probably
1: depends on the type of prey. I'm just hypothesizing. Yeah, how they yeah, how they yeah, hunt maybe differently. Like a fish or
2: something. Yeah, but yeah.
1: Once again, several different strategies that they've evolved uh, in order to figure out how to best feed themselves.
2: Yes. All right. This is the next big section. That's just basic physiology. There's so much more we could like. Not talk very about, good. <laughs> I give
1: us a no. C minus at best. <laughs>
2: Uh, I give myself a B plus. My Google skills are amazing. <laughs> All right, Angie. So reading about behavior, this one blew me away and I, then I'll let you go. Cause you, I'm sure you have tons of stuff on behavior.
1: 17 slides, Re- Chris. We've got oh seven. God. Okay.
2: Uh, I'm going to be on O search. Researchers <laughs> have discovered that octopuses in Indonesia, listen to this. When seas are stormy, they will actually grab two coconut halves of a shell and close it shut and stay inside until the weather passes. So they will actually close up into a coconut to protect themselves during stormy weather. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. That's I, And I know Octonation had a video on it a, a few weeks ago and I was like, Oh my God, it was so awesome. That is nuts. That oh yeah. It's
1: nuts. Yes. I mean, their behavior is radical. Uh, what you described there falls under tool use. And so, when you talk about intelligence and learning, it's basically the process of acquiring information and storing memories, retrieving it, combining different things, comparing different situations, putting it in new contexts, and having these conceptual skills. And of course, this is hard to assess in land mammals even, uh, and scientists are figuring out how to do it for different species, right? We just keep finding out they're smarter and smarter, whether it's an orca or uh, an elephant that can recognize themselves in a mirror, all these different tests. But learning about creatures that live in the sea is often very difficult too, because we're so far removed from them. And if you're bringing them into a laboratory environment, that can change a lot of factors. But what we know in general about cephalopods, cuttlefish, squid, octopus, they're hands down the most intelligent invertebrates and they definitely have advanced cognitive evolutionary skills uh and it's really a fascinating and kind of growing interest in a lot of zoologists and as you, you know as you found there's a lot of papers out there about it they exhibit a lot of different more higher cognitive levels of learning like i said tool use problem solving spatial discrimination navigation abilities adapting predator Techniques. Um, so it's just there's the examples go from what Chris mentioned as far as the coconut shells, and there's great videos out there of that. There's a plethora of anecdotal stories out there about octopuses under human care that it one recently one escaped their enclosure, how it got out, they don't know, but (laughs) then it chose to. Like, it found a drain that basically fed into the ocean, so it freed itself.
2: Yeah. It's like the movie uh, Finding Nemo Part 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dory,
1: Dory, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, real deal. Uh, They have been known to climb out of their tanks, maneuver across the lab, go into another aquarium, eat crabs. Okay, and that, that alone is like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... In a documented instance, they actually came back and put themselves to bed in their own aquarium <laughs> over and over again because they basically knew that they were gonna get in trouble if the keepers busted them. Right? <laughs> so they, they knew to sneak space. out. Like they're like a teenager. Like a teenager knows to sneak they're out, out of, after mom and dad space, go to bed. Yeah. They do their thing um, and then they're like, Oh, okay, I better get back and like play, like yeah. you know, hide in bed and yeah. Just just crazy stuff. Uh, there is documentation of them opening a child-proof pill bottle, which I sometimes have a hard time with.
2: Yeah, yeah. Those suckers, I'm telling you, those suckers are powerful.
1: They've been ob- observed manipulating objects that looks like them playing. This one octopus that was bored taught himself to juggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Uh, and people that... What species are we doing again? Know, seriously. What is this? My husband can juggle. It's pretty amazing. It was, uh, oh, uh, but goodness. anyways, uh, and time and time again, people that work with them talk about octopuses having distinct personalities. What does that mean? So it's funny. I was actually talking about this with Xander before the podcast because he was asking, oh, they're smart and how so. And... I get to study personalities in another lab that I work in part time for a a neurophysiologist and personalities, obviously they're different, right? Like there, some people are more anxious. Some people are more laid back. And although personality is a really huge topic in psychology and neurobiology, but what makes your personalities is basically how do you react to things, both good and bad. And you do this in a consistent way. So of course, once in a while, I react poorly to um, a crappy situation. Everybody does that. But in general, I'm usually an optimist. So that's one of my personality traits. I'm an optimist. And so it's typically considered personality to be a higher cognitive thing with animals. And time and time again, in laboratory experiments, researchers are, are documenting that basically octopuses have these distinct, like they're predictable. They have, they, what, what they love and what they don't like, what they fear is different from individual to individual, but yet consistent Mm -hmm. for that individual.
0: Hmm.
1: And so like shy, shy. Oh, this, you know, Hank Mm -hmm. is always shy or, Oh, Susie's Mm -hmm. really gregarious and outgoing and social. So (laughs) just really, you know, really interesting stuff. They also in experiments, can distinguish between different shapes and patterns. So it's just nuts. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, in fact, yeah. interestingly enough, um, and interestingly enough, due to their intelligence, a lot of cephalopods are protected by animal testing regulations in, um, in the United Kingdom and, and across the European U- union, because they're recognizing that like, wow, these guys are, um, you know, they're deep thinkers, Radical. right? They yeah. are, I mean, yeah. So yeah, I I think we have a lot to learn. Like, I think the really interesting way to look at it is it depends on how you define it. They're so alien to us that I think we don't even know how to test their intelligence. Does that make sense? Like we, I shouldn't say we, I'm not the scientist actually doing it. And I think scientists are doing a great job, but in general, as a scientist, I don't care who you are including myself, we like to put things in a box. Like this fits into this category, this fits mm-hmm. in that category and of course mm-hmm. a lot of times we create new categories and things when we come across something exceptional. And I think the octopus is exceptional and we just where yes. we know we know that it's really amazing <laughs> but but they we still have a lot more to learn and they have a lot more to teach us about themselves and of course about mm-hmm. ourselves, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I, their behaviors, their intelligence, their physiology, we'll get to repro in a second. One thing I read up on was their mimicry, which octopuses can do. It's one of the few animals on earth that can use mimicry and camouflage at the same time. So they can actually mold it in, into a three dimensional object. So like different corals, um, algae. And while they're doing that, their, their mimicry, right? They're, molding their body into something that looks like that. They do this almost simultaneously. They change the color of their skin to blend in, and it like changes instantly, almost instantly. So, you know, they've they studied some of this in the reflector cells and the pigment cells in their skin. But to be able to look at a coral and see a shark and go, oh, I don't want to die, go and look like a coral, ha, sucker, you can't see me.
1: You know, just Well, it's so wow. funny. I'm prepping for this podcast and A, thinking about camouflage and B, thinking about how, like you said, they can mimic 3D objects, which is just bizarre. Mm. I was like, okay, I have a question for you, Chris. Any animal superpower, what would you pick? I'm going to be an octopus now. <laughs> like, I know. That's what I, so I'm always like, Oh, my yeah. animal superpowers definitely be yeah. a bird so I can fly. because that I'd just be so right. cool. And I've flown in my dreams before and it's pretty radical, but I'm like, I think, what did you eat? <laughs> I have very, very vivid, like lucid dreams. It's, and it's cool. Cause my kids have inherited it and John's getting better. Remembering you just have to practice talking about dreams, yeah, and then you, whatever. Right. But yes, no. uh So i Flown a lot. It's super fun. But anyways, but that was always my super my animal super strength I'd want. But I don't after studying not only the camouflage to be able to be the sandy color or gray color of rocks or brown and black to blend in, which Chris and I didn't even give that the bl- no, light of day about their physiology like, yeah, on this 30 podcast. Minutes, yeah. But the other thing, of course, a blue ringed octopus do very well is aposomatism. And basically that's a fancy word for advertising your toxicity with this beautiful blue iridescent glowing ring, ring. that they have. Yeah. And I read up 25 to 50, probably depending on the species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris will put some wonderful show notes uh, with pictures and all of this. So you can see them if you're not familiar with the species. But as I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I would, that would be a, probably my second choice animal superpower to, I mean, imagine this, I'm sitting across the dinner table from my kids and they're misbehaving and I give them the stink eye and they know the stink eye. But wouldn't it be way cooler if I could just all of a sudden like start flashing blue circles all over my body?
2: <laughs> I feel like every ten minutes I know I would,
1: behave. yeah, 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 but like how cool, how what a cool warning signal? like I wouldn't even have to say a word. I would just start flashing blue circles, and it means watch out, Mama's. mama's giving <laughs> you a your warning face gets
2: red, yeah, I, know, I think I it know, would mean
1: like... more than the stink guy cause the stink guy. Uh, you know, my oldest has started like that. giving it back to me cause he thinks it's hilarious and he does have a great <laughs> sense of humor. So I think it's hilarious that he thinks it's hilarious. And then anyways, so I think, yeah, so totally octopuses, my new superhero animal, hands down, yeah. octonation. I get it. It's, I'm a believer. Yeah. I'm a fan. Uh, we didn't even talk about how they are able to do this color change through the cre- chromatophore cells.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: But basically, a lot of ocean-dwelling animals will flash these these bright lights, uh, like the vampire mm-hmm. squid, for instance, and the blue ring octopus have these chromatophores, which are basically pigment-containing light reflecting cells. And so, what will happen is the cell has pigmented granule granules in it, which obviously, in the blue ring octopus, they reflect a blue color, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. muscles around them either contract or. Either contract and, and or dilate them to basically show off the pigment, the granule, yeah. the granulated pigments inside each cell. And so obviously it's way more complex than that, but it's cool physiology. Obviously, us humans don't have it. Land mammals nope. don't have it. <laughs> it would be my no. superpower of choice.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's way cool. So we, we did touch, touch upon some of the repro. Um, I'm, I'm interested because it was again I think uh, one of the planet Earth's. It was the episode with the giant Pacific octopus and how the mom laid the eggs and like for a year just stayed there and she dies protecting the eggs and nourishing them. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how, how it is with the, the blue ringed.
1: Yeah. So there's some similarities there. Uh, basically they are super moms and kind of a, we'll get there of why they're super moms. They're a different type of super mom than we've seen. And octopuses usually live a solitary lifestyle, but they will come together for breeding purposes and typically a female, and this is going to be in the Southern species of blue-ringed octopus, uh, the female, she'll initiate a little bit of courtship by doing certain color flashes. And I think that'd be fun for my superhuman kind of one animal superpowers. But she does a little flashing, she does a little posturing and tells the male to come over, which he does. And it's been documented that the courtship will consist of love play and caressing, so that's really fascinating, right? For an invertebrate, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't yeah, think that. Yeah. And then, of course, the male uh, uses a modified arm. There's a joke there, just waiting to happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we won't go there. We have kids
1: listening. And then the male uses his modified arm, which is also called a hectocotylus. I think I'm saying that right? Probably wrong which Uh is, like I said, a modified arm consisting of a groove between the suckers and ending in a spoon-like tip where he'll deposit sperm in the female's oviduct, which is located under her mantle, okay? Mm -hmm. And shortly after mating, the female will lay her eggs and she incubates them. I love this. I love this. She incubates Mm -hmm. them. Under her arms for about six months.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't
1: that crazy? Yeah. And
2: the the super mom
1: doesn't eat while she's incubating her eggs because obviously she needs her arms to eat. But for all of us moms that have a million things in their arms, I come out of my car every day after school and work with the boys and i i'm like the bag lady and cups and just all like you you need your arms and so if you're if you had your if you're incubating your clutch of up to 50 eggs depending on the species yeah you have to just yeah. kind of just hang out right so incredible so dedicated because wait for it she does all this work i don't want to say for not but basically what'll happen is the eggs will hatch the juvenile octopuses will sink to the floor and look for prey because they're immediately independent. And the female dies. Yep.
2: yep I mean, that's yep.
1: all of us mamas and dads like you out there. We would die for our young, figuratively. But then when you, but, when you put it literally, okay, you're like, well, which kid? What's the okay, day look and, like?
2: <laughs> okay, so she... She's, she suffers for those months, right? Or she's doing that, but the dad dies after mating. So we'll give him that. So after the males mate, they're done. Their life purpose is over. They become fish food.
1: But did they starve for six months before they die?
2: No, I'm saying she (laughs) suffered. I said she suffers. I I get it. So, so he's not a super dad, cassowary Mm. dad, Rob Lang dad. He's a good donor.
1: <laughs> Dice, seven Fair dads. enough. I'll, 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 I'll give it that. Yeah, okay, yeah, give come that. on. He's
2: not like, you know, Mr. Well, Honeycomb. He does, he does, does just, some love. He doesn't yeah, care about anything. He does love playing,
1: <laughs> caressing, so he's not a total, you know, a, a total jerk. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, yeah. So, does, yeah. so, but these little juvenile octopuses begin to eat at about one week of egg, age. They find little crab pieces. And because one of the other things we mentioned briefly, Earlier in the podcast is the mom sets them up for success by, which is a weird way to set your kid up for success, but by dosing Mm -hmm. those eggs or dousing, however you, I don't know the actual physiology of how she does it, but she basically exposes the eggs to the neurotoxin. So they either Mm -hmm. a become immune to it or start being able to secrete it basically right from birth, uh, which because they needed to kill prey and they're independent. They have to start, they have a hard life and they have to, go 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 from the get-go hunting mm-hmm. so just mm-hmm. just really really incredible parent yeah. parenting yeah, and just yeah. just really interesting and we didn't do it justice sorry for our octonation fans out there it could probably be a whole pod because uh the behaviors seem pretty cool
2: yeah oh we're gonna revisit cephalopods i, I know it i know it i know it for sure now, we did say conservation, data deficient. We just don't know. We've talked about that. We've talked about the, the oceans are in peril. So we, we've driven that home. The organization this week, if you haven't been listening, <laughs> is OctoNation. <laughs> so, you know, well, what, uh, was it again? To that what was the organization of the week? Octonation? Have you heard it it's in the last yes. hour and a half? You're busy yes. on O Search. So you know the Octonation, the largest octopus fan club. It's committed to uniting a community of cephalopod enthusiasts to educate, entertain, and empower others about cephalopods through a new, unique mix of science, education, and community.
1: Yes, we definitely need a. We need to get a cephalopod expert on the podcast yes. for an interview. That'd be yes, awesome
2: for sure. For sure. They, they are an amazing group. I've, I met Warren a few months ago. Uh, we'll tell his story and more on Octonation this, this coming week. They have a beautiful, incredible, fun Facebook group. It's Octonation. So O C T O N A T I O N for those of us that can't spell like (laughs) me. Uh, Octonation, you can follow them on Instagram, always active, always posting amazing, amazing videos of these cephalopods. So, you know, shout out to the OctoNation and and check them out, please, please. Now, conservation tip of the week. We're basically, we're back in the oceans, overfishing's a threat. That's the big thing that I'm, I'm going to talk this week. I didn't know this, so I'm going to start looking for it. But seafood, we can start shopping for sustainable seafood, okay? And I don't think we've mentioned this before, <clears throat> But when you, when you're shopping for seafood, look for the Marine Stewardship Council, which is MSC and Aquaculture Stewardship Council, ASC labels. I don't know if that's outside the United States, but for, you know, in your home country, if you have something similar. So they're blue and green fish logos that ensure your fish are traced back to sustainable managed fisheries or fish farms, which is a whole nother podcast. But, you know, at least we have, we're, we're not fishing the oceans out, which they are. They right. are. it's it's horrible
1: yeah i just talked John and I were just talking today we, we got to go on uh, lunch day today and skip out and work a little bit uh but we uh I was, you know we were talking about doing the tuna or another I know uh Jonathan wants a salmon right 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 so yeah. getting a little bit more out yeah. of our comfort zone and talking about uh, fish that's heavily consumed right. and uh, obviously yeah. obviously, you and I would focus on their biology and physiology, but yeah. we could also, yeah. I could educate. I don't know a ton about that industry, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay, I'd Jonathan, it's coming.
2: Letter. That's our, our buddy up in British Columbia. It's coming. It's coming. And you know, maybe not eat octopus or eat it as often. You know, right. Somebody Absolutely. near and dear to my heart yes. loves octopus. You well, know, we know, know how they how can feel in
1: their tentacles, right? So my goodness.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I still love her. Um, but, you know, anyways, it's just we need to be sustainable in our oceans.
1: And I just want to do a quick shout out to this challenge that All Creatures Podcast is going to hold. We're going to have a team right now. There's two people on the team. If you guessed me and Chris, you guessed right. Uh, we will be putting it on our Facebook page and then also in our Facebook group for you to join with us. And we can do this July plastic free challenge together. Don't be scared away from it. It is not going completely fat pr- plastic-free. and involves a lot of different aspects of learning about how to be more sustainable within the environment. So yes, plastics is part of it, learning about that, but there's also food topics, personal care topics, community, you get points if you help out in your community, like how Chris picked up beach litter the other day. You get points mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. There's lifestyle, there's pets, there's things you can do with your pets that are more eco-friendly. Of course, there's family activities. So it's not just all about like, not getting a straw. I mean, of course you get points if you do that, but yeah. the really cool part about it, uh, all, a whole bunch of other animal organizations are doing this. You don't have to be an animal organization to do this. I just learned mm-hmm. about it through, um, the American Association of Zoos and Aquariums and a lot of, there's a lot of different teams throughout that. So you can interact and challenge with other teams and or you mm-hmm. can interact with yourselves and give tips. Like for instance, I'm going to be traveling a lot. In the month of July with my family. And so this is going to be very hard for me to, to be super sustainable. Cause when you travel with kids, it's like, it's very difficult, yeah, but these yeah, community they... boards, we can interact with each other to help give each other advice and talk about. It's a really positive experience. Uh, I did it last year with my husband's zoo. And so this year I want all creatures podcast to beat them. <laughs> not that I'm, com- yes, not that I'm competitive. Yes. So this is going to be, if you want, if you, if you're super excited and you, want to go today before Chris and I put up the the link, you can just go to plasticfree.ecochallenge.org and search all creatures podcast and our team will come up and you can join our team. And it's literally that simple, but we will have a lot more coming on our Facebook and Instagram and our private groups to get you guys excited. And so it's not just Chris, myself, my mom, a few more people. We want more people, as many people as possible. To yeah. learn. It's all yeah, about learning. Yeah. It's all about educating ourselves.
2: Yeah, please join our our Facebook group. It's just I I think I, I don't know, I'll mess with it and see if you can just join without me approving it. But I go through and, and look at all the approvals. So uh we'll definitely be posting more there. Now at the beginning I said how deadly is the blue ring octopus? I mean, it is incredibly deadly, but how how has it affected humans? The great news is there have been no deaths reported since the nineteen sixties. Yes. So we're going on, you know, 50 plus years. Nobody has done. Right.
1: And I kind of jumped over it uh, for lack of time. Cause I want to talk mm-hmm. so much about their intelligence, but octopus in general, especially the, uh, blue ringed octopus. They're very shy.
2: So yeah, they, don't want to be they
1: you pretty much have to egg them on. In fact, I think it was in 2008, uh, a man from Australia, I believe came mm. home and he had put a whole bunch of shells in his pockets that his daughters or kids mm-hmm. had collected. Yeah. Th- you mentioned that. And yeah. he gets out and there's like a blue ring octopus. that had been obviously hiding on pocket. a shell in his pocket. And then it turns out there, I think there were two that hitch, oh. that hitch hitch, <laughs> hitch hitchhike all the way home from the ocean. <laughs> Australia. Oh. And he was fine. Like they didn't attack him because like, luckily he didn't, You know, he didn't actually bump them or whatever. And then, and then there was a real goofball. I think it was uneducated is maybe a more appropriate term Mm -hmm. that there's, of course, a video went viral of him on Australian beach with a blue ringed octopus in his hand. Well, I, Not I didn't, I I think Not he didn't know what it was and then he, yeah. whatever, but of course, you know, yeah, you, you it's know true. viral it's true. videos or whatever, but he was obviously fine because yeah. he, even it just being yeah. on his hand, don't do this at home. Don't you dare do this at the home. We love you. No, we need gosh, you. No. No. <laughs> Especially if you're one don't of our Patreon people, we need you alive. Yeah. So <laughs> don't do it at home, but it just goes to show yeah. that it, it didn't even bite him. Even with all that rigmarole. Yeah.
2: Nope, nope, nope. Very shy. Just don't mess with them. You know, they're, they're, they're great animals. Admire them from a distance. For me, it's going to be nature documentaries. And when I'm in the Maldives, (laughs)
1: YouTube videos, (laughs) yes. And of course, Octonations videos, yes. Interact on Octonations. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, thank you. Share this with a friend. Have a great week.
1: Yes, thanks, Chris. Please, uh, if you if you can, just take five seconds and uh, review us, or and or rate us on both uh, Facebook and iTunes. Thank you.
0: Listen, learn, share, join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.